0: Be continued at scsgeorgetownedu slash podcast.
1: Careful making wishes in the dog dog can not be so sure women hit that. And the sides in mean I'm just you that is Hamlet
0: out to deep left field. Forget about it. Big fly for Mike Trout of the Angels of Tiedl up and walk. Hey, I'm Trent Rush. This is Brandon Marsh
1: the Los Angeles Angels and 66ers six baseball. This is Joe Adele here with the Los Angeles Angels. I'm Troy Hunter Jr. You're listening to the All Angels Podcast. What is going on, Angel fans? This is Daniel Garcia from the All Angels Podcast. To give you a full look, I guess, behind the curtain, I did this interview today and it was supposed to play for us tomorrow on our regular podcast, but... Uh, we went, you know, we went not, I want to say long because, I mean, longer the better. I love talking baseball, but longer than we felt it would fit in our regular show. It would take too much of our regular show and with a, everything going on with the managerial coaching changes. We wanted to make sure we had a good portion of time for tomorrow's podcast. So I'm putting this out now as a special, uh, I guess, another interview podcast because that's pretty much what it is. I was lucky enough to uh, reach out and talk to Danny Rocket, and he has the San, San Ranto podcast i think i'm saying it right i jacked it up in the, in the interview you'll hear it but anyways he covers the cubs out in chicago and obviously with the joe Madden rumors and awesomeness being let go and and Ari, all the changes going on i figured it'd be a perfect time to talk to someone from chicago that has seen joe the last five years what he did well what he didn't do well the atmosphere around him you know kind of the chicago themed um kind of the Chicago thought behind Joe Madden whether or not he should have been let go or anything like that. So the, the interview was really, really good. I liked it. I enjoyed it. That's why I'm putting it out now. Literally, I just rapped with him. So uh, this will probably hit, the, hit your phone or tablet or computer probably 45 minutes after the interview was actually done. So uh, it was an awesome interview, a lot of fun to talk. And again, I always enjoy getting outside views from fans that are... Uh, follow other teams because then you just you get out of the bubble of southern california and the angels and all that stuff so definitely a lot of fun i'll put his twitter and all his information in the description so if you want to look in the description and give him a follow or anything like that uh do it so before i play that uh football is back Le'Veon Bell or Le'Veon Bell, yeah, is with the Jets. Odell Beckham Jr. and Jarvis Landry have teamed up once again in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed though is where I'm placing my bets this season. My bookie is the place for football every week and my bookie has the has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least hundred thousand, and it only costs a hundred bucks to enter. All you gotta do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb up the leaderboard and share your, and score your share of a huge cash prize. And also, too, guys, the playoffs are up. And if you watched that playoff game last night, absolutely bonkers. Put some action on that my bookie. is the place to do it. Um, you know, it makes the game even that more crazy. Um, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that have been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win. They pay. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the under/over on how many fantasy points a player scores each game. Now, right now, if you deposit, right now, MyBookie will match your deposit up to a thousand dollars. So, guess what? You put in five hundred, they'll give you an extra five hundred. You put in a thousand, they'll give you another thousand. So, even more money to play with uh, with football season, college football. MLB playoffs. I mean, I'm telling you, these playoffs are crazy right now. Just use promo code CHAIR to activate your offer. Visit bookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And don't forget to use a special promo code CHAIR when creating an account to claim your bonus. Terms and conditions apply. Bet, win, get paid. And like I said, here's my interview with Danny Rocket. The next guest on the All Angels podcast, uh, we're getting a little bit of outside perspective from what we do normally in Southern California, but someone that's watched Joe Madden the last five years he was in Chicago, I'd like to welcome Danny Rocket from the San Ronto podcast. How you doing?
0: Oh, you almost had it right. It's San Ranto. Ranto. Uh, Ron, that's yeah, like right. Ron San, like Ron Santo, but with the R&S switch. Oh, I see it now. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about
1: that. Yeah, so... Um, kind of like we were talking about earlier you know Madden's out Osmus is out a lot of people down here in Southern California are really um hoping for Joe Madden to come back to Anaheim so I wanted to kind of get your perspective on his tenure in Chicago I, I mean look at the numbers you would think he did a really good job and would get an extension only missing the playoffs this last year um what was his kind of uh reputation I guess in Chicago these last handful of years
0: Well, I mean, Joe Madden will always be a hero in Chicago because he brought the first uh, World Series in 108 years to us after years and years and years of ineptitude and losing seasons. So for that, we'll always be thankful to him. And, uh, you know, there's actually a lot of sadness in Chicago right now. Um, You know, I mean, I think it's it's kind of two-pronged is that everybody – uh, agrees that Joe Madden was probably the best manager of our lifetime, uh, maybe since Frank Chance, you know, but you got to go back to like 1912, 12 for that. Yeah, everybody agrees about that because he did bring us the World Series and the, all, you know, the great playoff run. Uh, but the other thing uh, about it is that Joe's voice in the clubhouse and with a team is very specific and it has a certain vibe to it. And I think that it, that the other thing that is also true is that it was probably time for a new voice for the group of players that the Cubs have. And Joe might – well, there might have been a disconnect with the front office on uh, some of this stuff. I'm not sure. That stuff, obviously, I'm not in those meetings. But um, – so I think, you know, for the most part, we can see it both ways. And we're sad to lose him, but we're also thankful for what he brought us too.
1: Yeah, kind of talking about that uh, 2016 season where he did win the World Series. I thought at that point a lot of people were talking, you know, this this team, this young team at the time would go on a run and maybe win another one or two World Series. Now, what in your opinion kind of happened? I mean, obviously you still made it to the playoffs the next two years and still win 90-plus games, but was there anything in those two years where – it didn't really get to the World Series that you can see. Like Madden, maybe messed up the somewhere along the line. Whether it was like you know using the pitcher too much or anything like that.
0: Well, personally, I don't think that the, uh, the last couple of years of not getting quite because it's been worse every year. Twenty seventeen Cubs go to the NLCS. Uh, Twenty eighteen they're knocked out in the wild card game. This year Cubs don't even make the wild card game. Um, so there's nothing specific that Madden did that attributed to that that you know there's same thing as other teams have lots of injuries some uh really bad signings in fact I think a lot of uh Cubs play, uh, Cubs fans would maybe be more apt to blame Theo for uh if you're going to blame somebody blame Theo for like maybe the signings of Brandon Morrow and uh also the uh, the, uh Jason Hayward which has been Kind of a disappointing contract for the most part. Um, you know, the, the other thing that Theo did was he fell too in love with his guys that he drafted during the really bad years when he had all those number one high draft picks, and so uh, players like Albert Almora um, didn't develop the way we thought. Um, there's not a single pitcher that really has started a game for the Cubs that has been developed by the Cubs. So all of our pitching is is old and um expensive john lester cole hamill you know uh so you know those are all things that were foreseeable from the the standpoint of the roster itself that's on theo so you know to a lot of chicagoans joe is getting the blame for some of theo's failures but then there's also some criticism about joe and that we just needed a new voice in the clubhouse and um that could also be true cuz when he came through uh, 5 years ago and all the players were just up and young you know they were excited about the theme trips and like dressing like you know the uh, dressing like anchor man or they did an e- easy rider trip or they dressed like cowboys and they you know i think that's a lot of fun they had like zoo animals and face painters and magicians coming into the clubhouse like he keeps the atmosphere really Light and free. He's he's very new agey in his mindset and his um and his philosophy. You know, with lots of different catchphrases, T-shirt slogans. You know, try not to suck. uh, Don't let the pressure exceed the pleasure. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's he'll have a new one for you every year if you guys get (laughs) him. But like, I, I I think that's the right environment to set for a young team you know and it's possible that i think the players got stale the team got stale cuz theo kept a core of 9 instead of 4 and also at the same time you know joe madden um you know probably maybe just got a little bit too maybe he ran out of ideas like players were sick of the magicians and the farm animals and stuff I think they all loved him, but I don't. A, a lot of the complaints was that maybe he didn't crack the whip hard enough back there and that, you know, too many loose ends with the team, people not being accountable for bad base running errors or bad uh, baseball plays, uh, you know, sloppy play, you know, which there's not an excuse for um, just not having your head in the game. Um, so, you know, if there was any complaint, it would be that, plus people don't like – you know, he'll have a different lineup for you every day too, and so it, you can't. I don't know. I don't know how this was, you know, switching guys around a lot. But you know, one one time a guy would be batting eighth, next day he's batting leadoff, and you're like, but he's our worst hitter. Why would you lead him off? And then you look at the stats, and they're like, oh, he we went three for nine against this pitcher. I'm like, that shouldn't matter that much, you know, some small sample size somewhere. So, um, and in my opinion, just the eyeball test of it it seemed that joe i mean i think he was a little hamstrung by the roster itself like i said like maybe you know some guys underperforming on the team that were supposed to perform but you know at the same time he seemed to beat behind this year he seemed like you know maybe he you know like let's you know how like when a pitcher goes out there and he walks the first guy on four or five pitches and nothing's even close and you're yelling at it and you're yelling at the tv Get him the hell out of there, <laughs> you know, get him, out, you know, but then he leaves him in he walks the bases loaded. Then he finally changes the pitchers. Like there was a lot, there were a lot of um, instances this year. Uh, there was a bases loaded bunt. Everybody made fun of that didn't make any sense. You know, there you know, so there's just certain things that didn't, that didn't seem to gel, but you know, Joe plays his hunches maybe more than he should. Um, and, you know, when you're when you when you're doing that, uh, you know, I'm sure he has numbers. But in this analytical game right now, you know, there's probably too many analytics for even him to sort through to really come up with a decision that's going to, you know, be the best in-game decision to do. A lot of people complain that he's a good personnel manager, a good team manager, but not a good in-game manager. And I don't know if that means anything to you, but uh, a lot of people say it. I don't. But a lot of people
1: do. Right. And kind of like what you're saying with the with the lineup changes, that's actually something you can kind of um, look back at the Socia era, especially the last part of the Socia era, where, you know, obviously Joe and Socia had a little um, were on each other's staffs or Madden was on Socia's staff uh, for a while. But um, you talk about analytics and Billy Upler has has been known to be like an analytical uh, GM. And that was kind of where the headbutt started with Sosha and now Osmus and obviously moving on from Osmus. Is Joe a guy open to that even idea of it or is he more closed off? I'm going to, like you said, go with my gut, go with the feeling at the time is.
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. He's open to it. And, and, but maybe in a a different way than maybe some of the, the nerdier managers uh, might go about it. Like, um, uh, I mean, Joe. I think is a good balance between the two. In many respects, he was at the forefront of inventing analytics. You know, like the, I, a lot of people attribute, you know, using the shift it, it, defensively to Joe, um, uh, or not specifically, but that he was around in that time. And and uh, and um, I, and I think that's true. I think he does use a, a lot of analytics, but at the same time, it's not only analytics. So I think you've got that good balance of somebody that can tell what's going on with each individual personally on the team and uh, whether they're able to perform that day or in that situation and also knowing the numbers. He absolutely is would be known as an analytical guy. I just think that at this point in the game, other, people, other managers are more analytical than Joe, whereas once at one time, he probably would have been the most analytical of all of them. You know, more than a Dusty Baker or a Lou Pinella for sure. Right, yeah.
1: And that's probably, probably coming from his time in Tampa Bay, where they relied heavily on that kind of stuff with the payroll and, and the players that they had. Um, something that, I guess angel fans had issues with Osmus with the lack of emotion shown in the dugout whether it's a missed call whether it's you know a call through strike that shouldn't have been a call through strike how's Joe with that is Joe a wear the emotions on the sleeve kind of guy or is he more of a stoic kind of um, stone faced during the during the games
0: Joe Madden is definitely a giftable manager so <laughs> through, throughout the year you know Joe Madden will be a dugout, incredibly involved in every single moment of every game. And, yeah, if he didn't like what the umpire is doing, you'll, you you could tell that it's on his face. So he can chirp. He'll chirp from the dugout quite a bit. Um, we had a fun moment this year where Chris Bryant actually had to hold him back from an umpire um, as – as he got ejected from the game, um, and, and uh, as Christmas holding him back, you know Joe Madden did this like fancy Michael Jackson esque spin move, you know, as he got kind of turned around on the field. But uh, no, he was ejected quite a few times. Uh, let's see how many times I'm looking. At this uh, this year he was ejected three times from the game. That's pretty average for him. So I don't know what Ausmus did. But um, no, he, he definitely shows emotion, and I think he brings out a lot of fun and emotion in his players. I think it's going to work best for some of your younger guys on the team. You know, like when you, I know, I mean, you're a pretty young team. Um, you know, with the exception of let's say Albert Pujols. Cool, yeah. You know. Yeah, obviously, he'd be your uh, your brings grandfather. The,
1: yeah, it brings the average age
0: way up. Yeah, it yeah, it really does. And, you know, and Joe's getting older, too. I think we had him in his wheelhouse, you know. Um, I think he probably just wants to do one, five more years and retire. I think the Angels, I mean, that's where he started. So I can see him wanting to come back, hang out with Tommy LaStella, You know, hang it. You know, uh,
1: Trevor Cahill is he still going to be over there? No, he's he's not, and uh, that's a that's a sore subject for the Angel fans. But yeah, he had a one year deal, and I do not see them bringing him back at all. Mm. But Estelle is definitely a fan favorite. He has, um, by his performance, has won the fans over, and it was really unfortunate to see him uh, with the injury right before the All Star game, where he got um, voted in by the players and 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 other managers and stuff like that. So, um, before I let you
0: go. Go ahead. We we didn't we didn't have a second baseman all year, so we were really missing him because he was just a pinch hitter for us. We never even gave him a chance. So, you know, uh, now maybe Joe will be happy with his new toy, and I think he'll really love uh, managing somebody like Otani. Or um, who's that other two-way player you guys have? Um,
1: Jared Walsh. I mean, he's obviously yeah. Yeah, a two-way player, but he's more of a, hey, you're down by nine in the ninth. Just go get three outs. Or, oh, we're up by nine in the, ni- in the eighth or whatever. We need to get through this. He's not a what you would call a high leverage kind of reliever. Um, Otani is definitely the toy of a lot of managers' um, ideas or uh, ideal. So uh, he's going to be the guy. we got Otani coming back. Like you kind of mentioned earlier, we are fairly young. We have age at certain spots, like a bull holes and Upton. Um, But yeah, we still have some youth coming up. Is he good about, like you said, the, the whole magic uh, magician and animals, does that seem to really work well with the younger players that were coming through the Cubs?
0: Well, it certainly did for us. And, you know, and it's even more, it's not just the off the fields or wackiness that you can expect from Joe. I mean, sometimes uh, you can expect some on the field wackiness, like, you know let's say there's like two lefty hitters coming up and you know joe will want to use a lefty against both of those hitters but there's a righty in between them well he would send travis wood out to left field to play left field for a batter double switch that guy out and then uh, you know and then uh, take and then take the left fielder the, ie the pitcher <laughs> and bring him back in to face the you know the third batter so it's like stuff like that I I think you can really um, you know depend on Joe to do you know kind of moving things around. Uh, definitely the you know position players pitching in blowouts but that's pretty much league wide these days and um you know i mean i think he's a lot of fun i think the the young players really respond to him i think he keeps it loose and keeps the pressure off the players that and that's something he wasn't able to do this year as the players got older as they're making more money as the pressure from chicago fans became greater and greater to like repeat especially after Theo Epstein basically threw the entire team under the bus at the end of last year, telling them that, you know, there would be a reckoning and, you know, we're not going to let this happen again. And then he did nothing. He signed, you know, a, a crappy middle reliever and a, and a utility man and Daniel Descalso and then thought that would be enough. It wasn't, um, you know, and I think all that a lot of that extra pressure uh, was tough on the players this year. Also, I don't feel like Joe was allowed to manage in his final year. Like before he would, he'd release the, the lineup, you know, basically that day and nobody knew what they'd be doing or what position they'd be playing. And, you know, and then Joe would just release it. And like, you had to trust that it'd be good. And then they made him read books like managing millennials for dummies. And um, yeah, this is the true story. And, and so you read that book. And he's like, okay, they want more of an expectation about what we, you know, what we expect from them. So uh, I'm going to release some the lineups three days in advance and stuff. So it, it wasn't exactly to Joe was not being Joe this year, and uh, and it showed because it, it, it was a much worse year and it was a much less fun team, and a lot of that, you know, and a lot of the fun things that Joe's known for, like the theme trips and the and the magicians and the mimes and all that stuff. That went by the that went by the wayside this year as well. I think they only had one or maybe two theme trips this year where in the past it was four or five. So definitely a disconnect between the the way that Joe had been running the team and then what it was like this year. I, I think a good young squad, you know I, another team i I think they match up with as well as well as the Padres out there in Southern California because they've got that kind of young, loose squad out there, you know, as well. So uh, teams that are in re- rebuilding and stuff. But, man, Joe will love that Otani fancy new toy if he can get it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, and like I said, a bunch of Angel fans are really hoping um, for him to come to uh, back to Anaheim. As far as his staff, has there any been any announcements as far as his staff? Uh, are they still there? Or have they been let go? Have you guys heard anything about that?
0: Well, no, we haven't yet. Um, in fact, one of his bench coach, Mark Loretta, is uh, man is he's interviewing for the manager job, and probably, according to Chicago media, one of the front runners in the you know of the group. Uh, but uh, you know, his main guy for years was Davey Martinez, and you know, as we saw last night in the wild card game, you know, Davey Martinez seems to be pretty happy what he's doing, what he's doing now. So that was his main guy, and I think Davey came up under his tutelage. Um, Ever since then, uh, another one of his bench coaches, uh, Brandon Hyde, was also hired away uh, after, was it 2017 or 18? Uh, I believe it was 18. I'm not sure. Uh, But yeah, Brandon Hyde is now the manager of the Orioles. So, like, all of his coaches end up being managers that's a really good sign (laughs) you know if you're if you're trusting somebody under joe madden's tutelage to be your team's manager as you rebuild i think that's saying a lot
1: well that makes sense now that's the reason why the angels might have got rid of their bench coach and pitching coach yesterday so angels have some openings not only just manager but um danny i'd like to thank you for your time again that's the San ranto podcast and then they can get you at San ranto correct
0: yeah, at Sunranto at Twitter, S O N R A N T O. Awesome,
1: yeah. man! Thank you very well, much good. for your time.
0: Yeah, good. Have, have a have a fabulous off season. It, all, it came too soon for both of us. Yeah, teams.
1: exactly. You're absolutely right about that. Thank you very much, and I'll talk to you later. All right, thanks.
0: And at checkout use discount code catfish the goon all one word catfish the goon and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose groom goon? Well, because your beard deserves it.
1: hook vicious listen to my show the punk corner on kj epic radio every thursday from 5 p.m to 7
0: p.m
1: and that was my interview with danny rocket from the San ranto podcast check it out follow him uh like i said i love talking to guys that are outside of our southern california bubble that have different perspective on different guys and and just different teams so again um I want to thank him for uh, the time, uh, again, just making this kind of happen almost last minute with obviously the osmus move, the, the Madden move all within this last week. Uh, crazy week, crazy week. So, again, um, our regular podcast tomorrow, Thursday night. Send in the questions now, Podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram and Twitter. That's halo underscore haven on both of them. Uh, again, we're going to do awards Thursday night, we got MVP, not named Mike Trout, Rookie of the Year, Pitcher of the Year, and the Newcomer of the Year. So definitely, if you want to get in on that, um, you know, give us your your winners, and then we'll compare them to ours, and, and we'll talk about it on the show. But definitely look out for the show tomorrow on our live stream. We'll live stream part of it like we normally do, take questions there as well. But uh, rate, review, follow us, all that good stuff. Tell a friend, email a friend, text a friend. Uh, whatever it takes. But I just want to thank, again, Dan, Rock, Danny Rocket for his time. And then we will see you guys tomorrow night for a regular podcast.